0: For show notes from this episode, visit sustainableambition.com slash podcast. Now let's learn more to help you craft your career to support your life from decade to decade. On to today's conversation. Hi everyone, Kathy here. I am back for a solo episode. And I thought I'd talk today about creating space and what will sustain you. The topic of sustainability, creating space, and sustaining myself has been present for me of late, so I thought I'd do a short episode on what I've been experiencing in the hopes that it will help you too. And with the official start of summer right around the corner on June 20th, I think it's a perfect time for the topic. Summer offers us a time when we typically slow down, so despite the world picking up, I encourage you to do the opposite. Create space, slow down, and invest in those activities that will sustain you. Now, I'm going to admit the summer solstice is my second favorite day of the year because we get the most sunlight. It's the longest of daylight hours, and I love being outside in the sunshine. Plus, it just makes the day feel long and like I can fit a lot in. My first favorite day is daylight savings, when we have a 25-hour day, when we roll the clocks back an hour. Now, this says something about me, right, in terms of that ambition side. I am someone who likes to get stuff done. I like to have full days. And so I appreciate the longer days, and I appreciate having more hours. But But I am also a huge believer in pauses, rest, and rejuvenation, and taking time off, and that we can't always be in a state of doing. Those extra hours can be just as much for being as doing, or importantly, sleeping. And that's really what I want to talk about today, those precious hours we have. How do we use them? And do we focus all our time on doing? Or do we make sure we are including activities that sustain us, that keep us at our best? I talked with some on this podcast about self-care. And some of us don't like that term because it comes with a lot of baggage and sounds self-indulgent, even if it's not. So what if we thought about it as sustaining care? What keeps us at our best? What keeps us fueled to operate as our best selves? So why has this been present for me? Well, I don't know about you, but my 2021 started off busy. Now, I know many of us hate that term, including me, and here I am using it. I often cringe after telling people I'm busy, you know, so we really kind of need another word for what we experience. It would be more accurate for me to really say, my time has been full, or honestly, I overcommitted and I overextended myself. I tried and wanted to do too much. And I've paid a price. In saying yes to certain activities, I had to say no to others. That's just natural. And that sometimes felt painful that I couldn't get to, for example, the creative work that really called my attention that I wanted to get done and that fuels me. And then also in my full schedule, and you add on pandemic at home working. I ended up losing sight of some critical activities that are important to sustain me. And at some point I found myself saying, this isn't sustainable and this isn't working for me. So the year has gone by fast so far for me in this five month period of fullness. And yet, as I mentioned at the start, we're opening back up in the US and in other places where we've been lucky to have access to vaccines. And I feel this momentum and push to go, go, go when all I want to do myself is kind of get back into my cocoon and slow down. And I know that could just be the stage I'm at, so it might not fit everyone's current state, but I have heard from others that they too are actually ready for a break and not rushing back out into the world. And I personally think that many of us are still in this stage of pandemic recovery, Uh, You know, The Atlantic had an interesting article on this point called, What Happens When Americans Can Finally Exhale? The pandemic's wounds are still wide open. You know, some of us are still dealing with the aftereffects of the pandemic, and this should be normalized. And let's just be clear, it's not like the pandemic is over either. Certainly not around the world. We're all still dealing with it. And there is certainly a lot of talk about burnout. So there is some recognition that, you know, that, that we all kind of need a, a break or some type of caring or, or self-rejuvenation. But I, I just want to acknowledge that I know I've been surprised by my own feelings about the pandemic ending, and I've had to parse why I'm feeling the way I am. So if you two are kind of in a state of confusion, uh, go easy on yourself. And if you're not feeling completely gung-ho right now to get into action, just know you're not the only one. But it's been interesting because speaking with some colleagues recently, they also share that they are talking to people who are seeking motivation. And these individuals might just be feeling the languishing that Adam Grant talked about in his New York Times article that went viral. But what's important to recognize is that often what's needed before you can find flourishing again is a pause in time for renewal. So this all relates to the third pillar of sustainable ambition that I call right effort, where I talk about directing your energy so your work doesn't unintentionally take over your life. And I talk about seven or perhaps nine, nine P's. The first is perspective, pace, and patience. There's productivity, priorities, pause, and play and pleasure, and then finally also place. And what I'm going to share is in a way another approach to thinking about some of these P's at this moment in time. So if you're feeling like you could use a deceleration for the summer, just like I do, and want time to further recuperate and restore that I wanted to offer some prompts that have helped me recently to reset and refocus on what sustains me. I hope the prompts will help you figure out what will sustain you now and through the summer as well. So there are five questions. I'll mention each, and I'll be vulnerable and share what I've done to help me reset and get myself headed in a direction to get me back to right efforts, so I'm in a more sustaining position going into the summer. So the first place to start is bring awareness to your current state. I'll suggest you ask yourself, what's unsustainable for me right now? What do you need to look at and reconsider how you are managing it? For me, there were a few things that were unsustainable. For example, my morning schedule, my to-do list, uh, and my physical environment. And really specifically, my physical work environment. So I reconsidered each, as you'll hear me kind of talk about coming up. The second area to look at is to start to create space by challenging what's on your priority and to-do list so you can fit in what's needed to sustain you, and frankly, just to create space. Not necessarily to completely fill it up. It's really just to create some more space. So ask, what really demands my attention right now? And what can I put down? Again, summer is a time when things tend to slow down, so I encourage you to take advantage of this time to really challenge yourself and to continue to ask questions like, what can I completely cut from the list? What can I surrender? What can I choose not to do? What can I delegate? You know, what can I pace out to later? And what can I renegotiate with my employer so I can really focus my attention on what truly matters and what will create the greatest impact for the company? So I applied several of these questions to my own to-do list. I cut projects completely from my list. For example, I had bought these systems intending to deploy them on my business. And after months of not getting to them, I finally gave up and unsubscribed and just cut the systems and projects off my list. And I have to tell you, it felt so good. Just this huge weight uh, had been lifted. I also took some time to get better clarity on how to pace out my work. So as I wasn't feeling overwhelmed by my longer term ambitions that landed on my current to-do list, making it feel like everything needed to be done now. But, you know, that's not the case. Oftentimes with work or building a business or with projects, you know, they naturally need to be cadenced out over time. So thinking everything has to be done right now really often isn't the case. So I at least took some attention to my own to-do list to kind of really force myself to think through that cadencing that needs to happen in the pacing of my work. I also delegated some of my projects to a contractor I surrendered an old project that doesn't deserve my attention right now, and I even said no to a project I really wanted to do, even though it was really painful, but I knew I couldn't give it the proper attention, even if I pulled in other resources to support the work with me. So what we often forget when we feel overwhelmed is that we do have choice in the matter, even if the decisions are hard. I know it's not easy. I live this myself. But it really is helpful to get refocused on what really matters and needs your attention right now. The third thing I'd offer up is that for those things that remain, ask, what if it could be easy? You know, so with, say, sustainable ambition, my ambition is to help us all find more fulfillment in our professional and personal lives with more ease while still being ambitious. So, what if we were to challenge ourselves to take an activity or goal and ask, what if this could be easy? What if there were more ease in achieving this goal or task or project? I'm actively working with this question right now, and it's a great challenge to get me to rethink assumptions on how projects and tasks need to get done, as well as how, to what degree of good or excellent, if you will. Now around ambition, I often talk about a book I love, It's Not How Good You Are, It's How Good You Want to Be by Paul Arden. In the book, he asks, so how good do you want to be? Quite good, good, very good, the best in your field, the best in the world. So it's often helpful to ask with any task or project, what is my ambition with this project? You know, for many of us, we assume that our ambition has to always be to get the A or to be the best in the world or to be in the best in your field, but what if we were to reframe what success looks like? And in doing so, you might realize that a task can be accomplished with much more ease by simply, frankly, lowering the bar. And so let me give you a metaphor here. Might be a silly one, but, you know, we all likely eat dinner every night. You know, do you want to cook a gourmet meal, a quick a quick weeknight dinner, or make what my husband jokingly calls with some of my meals an assembled dinner, like a cut up apple, cheese, nuts, and vegetables? You know, with any of these, dinner can be accomplished, but each of these requires a different degree of effort and resulting output. So again, I'm taking this approach to some of my own projects right now, like content creation during a time when I need to reduce my focus in the short term and focus attention elsewhere, as well as just create some space. Now, the next important question, and probably one of the most important, I needed to ask myself, and I suggest you ask yourself as prompt number four, is what will sustain me? What are the musts you need to have as part of your day that will keep you operating at your best? So for me, on a daily basis, I realize I need to move my body at least one time per day. um, And importantly, before I hop on any work calls. Uh, And I knew that this was really important and I hadn't been doing it. And so it doesn't mean that I can always fit in a long workout. So I have committed to this can be anywhere from five to 15 minutes It's really about getting my blood flowing, and, you know, there's a lot of research that supports mind-body connection and how exercise can really help you start your day right, and this was pretty critical for me. I'm a pretty active person, always have been, um, and not getting some type of activity at the start of my day was really impacting my overall energy and mood. I also have learned as part of what sustains me is that I need time to reflect. I'm a thinker by nature. And so if I don't give myself some space to think, um, I'm just not my best over time. Not surprisingly, getting a decent amount of sleep is important, certainly time with my husband. And then I also, what's really important to me is practicing gratitude each day. So these things were actually often or sometimes added to my to-do list every day. Um, Or I should perhaps just say I'm just making sure I do them more consistently, you know, just because I realize I can't operate at my best if I don't include these activities. And again, these don't have to take that much time. It's about recrafting my day really to make it work better. So a key part of this was, for me, revisiting my warning routine and then also having backups for how to bring these into my days, as Leslie Ford suggested in episode 19 of the podcast. And then I'm also thinking about the, what this looks like, not just daily, but also weekly, monthly, quarterly, and for the year. What are things that are important to put into my time over this cadence that will really sustain me? Now, a final note is that these sustaining elements may not all be about doing. That's kind of the examples I've been giving you. But I realized, for example, that what I needed to sustain me was not sitting all the time and working in a less cluttered environment. So with the help of my husband, I now have a beautiful standing desk that has improved my energy during the day because I'm not sitting on my rear end all day. And I invested a bit of time to get my office space in order so I didn't feel so distracted by a lot of stuff. So sustaining things can also be environmental. They can be other things as well. So think about it broadly for yourself. A final question I'll leave you with that relates to the last around what you need to sustain yourself is, what does it look like to build in time for rest, relaxation, and renewal? Now, as I mentioned earlier, I'm someone who appreciates and values being productive and getting things done. Yet, I'm also a huge believer in taking breaks and knowing that breaks that are critical for recovery and to sustain myself. I also need breaks, as I mentioned, just for thinking time and for my creative work. Many experts advocate the importance of rest and recovery. I've mentioned before listening to Doris Kearns Goodwin on Masterclass and how she speaks about these amazing presidents she studied and how they were both hard workers, but also knew how to take breaks for recovery. Athletes know the importance of hard work and then rest and recovery to come back stronger. Really, we all can and should do the same. So how can you be sure to build in time for rest, relaxation, and renewal? I know I sometimes have to be more intentional about this, and I'm learning that what I need can change over time as well. It's not static. What I need, you know, coming off of these last six months might be different, or in the future, um, time period might be different than what I need now. But what I'm starting to do now is um, I make sure I take a daily walk or run to give me time to reflect and to get outside on a weekly basis. I'm careful about how many activities I schedule. So I'm really making sure that I'm fitting in time on my weekends for rest, relaxation, and renewal. And then each month, I'm starting to set aside two Fridays and a weekend for my creative work. And I know that sounds luxurious, but I'm learning from what I'm trying to do right now that I need dedicated creative space and downtime to really fuel me and keep me going. So what might it look like for you to build in time for rest, relaxation, and renewal? This, again, can look different for all of us. You need to really test uh, what will work best for you and then be open to it changing over time. So that's a wrap and five prompts to help you create more space and lean into what will sustain you through the summer. I'll summarize again here. So first, ask yourself, what's unsustainable for me right now? Recognize it, bring it into your consciousness. What isn't working? What do you need to address to make your days more sustainable? Two, what really demands my attention right now? get clear on your priorities and cull down your project and to-do list. Three, for what's left, ask, what if it could be easy? What can you take down a notch or what could make it less cumbersome to achieve? Number four, what will sustain me? Get clear on your sustaining list to keep yourself whole and at your best. As Wade Brill said in episode five, quote, making yourself a priority isn't selfish, it's smart. Checking off your what will sustain me list is for the benefit of yourself and all of those around you. And finally, number five, what does it look like to build in time for rest, relaxation, and renewal? This really is critical to actually help you build resilience and come back stronger. So here's to happy summering right around the corner, hard to believe and prioritizing sustaining yourself so you can be present for what you want in your life, both professionally and personally. Thank you so much for listening. And if you have a listener question you'd like me to address on air, please shoot me an email at podcast at and, and if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd rate, review, and share it with others. Thanks so much. Be well, all. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sustainable Ambition Podcast. I hope you take away at least one learning or inspiration from today's conversation. Find more inspiring interviews and get show notes for this episode at sustainableambition.com podcast. Make sure you don't miss an episode or my insider tips, guides, and tools by signing up for Sustainable Ambition Forum, my twice monthly newsletter. Sign up at sustainableambition.com slash subscribe. And remember, it's not about finding work-life balance. It's about building work-life resilience. Thanks again for joining me. Speak with you next time.